Hi there. Today you're listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich. This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Join me as I share some practical applications of the fruit of the Spirit. Here is where you can learn tools to cultivate things like love when you find your son sitting in paint, joy while cleaning up the paint, and peace in more areas besides just hiding in the bathroom. Yes, it is possible to love God, love others, and enjoy it. Well, hi, welcome back to the Fruit Pursuit Podcast, and let me welcome you to our focus of March, which is patience. Today is episode 31, and we are talking all about good questions to ask. This comes into play with patience because of how we have to have such patience in how we develop relationships. And I also think that it's a great tag tag into last week's episode about how love gets curious and curiosity and questions go hand in hand. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode about perfect love casts out fear, in that episode, I talk a lot about different ways that perfect love shows up. And one of them is through good questions. And so I want to dig into that topic a little bit more deeply today and talk about how we build relationships by asking good questions. You know, I know it's easy sometimes that to get annoyed with people that we are supposed to love the most. And sometimes those closest to us have the highest capacity to drive us crazy the fastest. There's buttons that have been punched so many times that they only have to just get close to the button and it just presses right down. In fact, it reminds me a little bit of tickling one of my little kids. Have you ever tickled a little kid and then you tickle them and they giggle and you tickle them and they giggle and then you go in and like wiggle your fingers right in front of them and they responsively giggle because they are anticipating being tickled. And I think that happens sometimes with the people that we love the most that there are aspects of our relationship that when they when they punch our button or they continually do something that annoys us on a regular basis, we can start looking for a place that they're about to annoy us or we'll respond very quickly to something that looks that way. And maybe it wasn't actually intended to annoy us, but it looked, it had some of the markers of annoyance. And so that's, those are the relations that, that I'm talking about today, the difficult ones, the ones that we want to do well in and we feel like we keep failing or we want to go deeper with, but we just can't seem to get past whatever is getting stuck. And so I want to encourage you in those places today because the Bible talks about loving God and loving others. In fact, if I remember correctly, in the New Testament, he, Jesus actually talks about loving our enemies. He talks about loving our neighbor. He talks about loving our enemies. And I think it's so funny that sometimes we would really like to assume that since it didn't cover the word family, that 
that doesn't apply. (laughs) We're supposed to love our enemies and we're supposed to love our neighbors, but family, on the other hand, is a whole different ballgame and they are not included. (laughs) At least it feels like sometimes we're justified in having unloving responses, doesn't it? Well, the truth is, is that I think of relationships a little bit like long lines of music. I went to school for music education back in my college days. I didn't go very long, but that was my passion at the time. It's actually not something that I use hardly ever these days, and that's okay. But I like this analogy that I heard from a book called The Art of Possibility that that talks about how relationships can be like long lines of music that we aren't just, this is not just a three second snippet of sound for a, you know, or even 30 second snippet of sound for a TikTok episode. This is like, this is not your mm, lead in music to the sitcom. It's not the quick happy birthday song that you sing it because that's the thing you're supposed to do and it makes everybody happy and now we're moving on. Relationships are like sonatas or or these, I think of like Vivaldi's The Four Seasons and how he's got this, these long building melodies that go for for a long, long time, they gradually grow, they gradually develop, they ebb and flow. And that's a lot what our relationships are like. And yet at the same time, we also have this propensity to want to change it in a second. (laughs) Don't we? Like, can I just take this thing and fix it right now? And if you did that in a long line of music, if you were like, oh, this is like building up too much tension and so I want to fix it right now, then if you listen to it that way, it would be really abrupt. It wouldn't it wouldn't flow properly. And so when there's a lot of tension building in a long line of music, you gradually come back down from it. And in our life, what that can often look like is that in reality, it can feel like relationships and difficult situations and difficult conversations are never making any progress in a positive direction. But that doesn't necessarily have to be true. I mean, let me get out of the music analogy and use it a little bit different one too for, so that's my artsy people. Let me get in a real like practical application analogy here. So Relationships are a little bit like, instead of building a mobile home, we're building a pyramid. We're not just taking manufactured walls and roofs and things that came out of a factory and plastering it together in a day. It doesn't all happen immediately. And because it, it's, it's not cheap or at least they shouldn't be. These relationships are valuable. And so we don't build them in a day. 
they're more like the pyramids where you can spend a long time like carving on one stone that then over a period of time eventually gets put into its place in the overall structure and there it stays. And then we go back to carving on the next stone and it eventually gets put in its place. And over a period of years, this giant structure gets built. Now, the encouraging thing is that when we look at relationships that way, the more we build in healthy boundaries and healthy conversations and good structure into our relationship, the harder it is to knock it down. The harder it is to really put a chink in that wall. I mean, if you go try to bang a hole in a pyramid, you're going to it's going to take you a while, right? And the same thing with healthy relationships. Healthy relationships can withstand all kinds of pressure. They can withstand all kinds of abuse and keep on ticking because there's so much stability that has been put into that. But this, the opposite is true as well. If you have a relationship that has been difficult or that has been, uh, uh, has hab- habitually included a lot of, of conflict or a lot of abusive language or unhealthy ways of conver- of having conversations or backstabbing or car- sarcasm or things like that, then the same is true. Those are the blocks that you've put into the relationship. And it is going to take a while for them to be removed and replaced with something else. And so patience is where this comes into play. Having a lot of patience, being willing to be consistent over a long period of time to see the change that you want to see. And why do we, why do we bother? Because it's worth it. Because there's joy in developing that healthy relationship. Because I cannot tell you the immense pleasure that comes from having those relationships that are strong and mean something and you've invested like crazy in, and then you get to watch them pay off in ways that just bring you so much joy. I think of several in my life that took a lot of effort. One of them is with my son, uh, Jonathan, my oldest son. He, he and I have butted heads for a long time (laughs) and something needed to change. And I went to get coaching myself because um, if you've if you've heard my story before, which I think I tell on the first podcast, but if you've heard my story before, when he was younger, I was not coping well with everything that I was doing. I had lots of little kids, and he was the oldest, and I was stressed, and I was overcommitted to a lot of other things in my life, and I would lose my temper. And the defining moment was the day that I came home. I had no emotional margin left for my family because I had given it to a lot of other people. I walked in the house. He was doing something naughty. I picked him up and I chucked him across the room, like in a rage. It was not pretty. It was not okay. And I'm just so thankful that he didn't get hurt. That was how our relationship was going at the time. We were building some really severely messed up bricks into our pyramid relationship, that line of music was not going well. 
And my husband and I talked and he said, look, you can either lose these outside commitments or we can lose our family. It's up to you. Like I'm, and I know which one I'm choosing, Mary. And so in that moment, um, I really had to wrestle with, okay, what does that look like? What does it look like to choose my family? And that's when I first was introduced. Not too long after that, I, not too long after that, I was introduced to coaching and that's how I began to get help for how do I interact with my family better? How do I, how do I change this relationship to be something that is set on a trajectory to build a rock solid, awesome pyramid instead of some sort of cobbled together hut that if you blow on it, it's going to fall apart in this relationship isn't going to hold through any kind of storm at all. I'm happy to say that our relationship is so much better now than it was then. Um, we are able to talk about difficult things. We're able to have conversations about things and it, you know, he's, he's 10 years older and actually 12 years older now at the time of this, um, podcast, but, um, it's so much better. I think about the relationship with my mom, uh, another example of a relationship that was not going well, that we, we kept pouring in trying to create a good solid relationship. And for, for lack of, of understanding and how to do it, uh, my own immaturity, I think, you know, both of us doing the best we can, but not really having good resources to help teach us how to do it better. We really butted heads over the years. Um, enough that I know for certain I ran away three times. There's definitely probably 10 times as many times that I packed my suitcase and tried to run away. And we had a really rocky relationship through my teenage years. It was not pleasant, but the relationship was worth it. And we have put in the work. And while I would say that both of us agree that we don't want to spend the rest of our lives in the same house if we don't have to, because we just operate very differently, we have a good relationship. I love her. We've put in the time. We can have a knockout, drag out argument and come back loving each other. We can say some things to each other that are just honest truths that might come across as hurtful, but it, but our relationship weathers that storm. It's that pyramid now because of the work that we've put in, the patience that we've had to develop it. These are just two examples and I could give you several others, um, but I'll just give this one other one that there was a friend that I had that um, I'm not going to use their real name, but let's call them Sally. So Sally and I, I think we're are similar in a lot of ways. And as a result, over the years of getting to know Sally and developing a relationship with Sally, I had a hard time, uh, getting along with them. There were some ways that we were really similar and others that we just did not understand each other at all. And as a result, we bumped heads and just couldn't see eye to eye, couldn't understand each other or the very things that we did, the other person would do. And if you, if you know anything about relationships, you'll know that, 
and personality types, you'll know that often the people that irritate you the most are the ones that do things exactly the same way that you do. They, we actually get irritated by the things that reflect back to us inadequacies in ourselves. And this was certainly true in this relationship too. But we dug in. We were not content to just leave it there. We fought for it. We spent hours talking about things, going over the same issues over and over again, having hours and hours long conversations, lots of tears, lots of of digging into it. Why? Because we felt like it was worth it. It's worth it to tackle this idea of loving God and loving others. And when we see a roadblock to being able to love someone else, it's worth persevering and having patience and and really digging in on that stone so that it can be well carved and placed in that pyramid and build a foundation of something that will last through the other conflicts that may come down the road. Because let's face it, there is not a relationship on the planet that if you get close to them, you will not have a conflict. We are human. We make mistakes. And I guarantee you, the closer you get to people, the more arguments you're going to have with them. If you aren't having any arguments with people, it's either because you're stuffing them inside and that's not healthy, or it's because you don't know anybody well enough. That's the truth. Conflicts and disagreements are just part of being human. And so in those places, what I want to do today is give you some tools to actually go like go forward. How do we work on these relationships? Now, we we take this to a whole nother level in the mastermind, which we'll be having an enrollment uh, session coming up in the next couple of months really soon. So be thinking about that if that sounds like something that you're interested in. So I'm just going to scratch the surface on this, on this concept today on the podcast, but I want to go ahead and give you a tool so that you can just try it. I actually, uh, encouraged some people the other day to, uh, in a, in a social media conversation to practice this. And it was fun because it, it is something that does give quick results. It's, it's not going to build the pyramid in a day though, guys, like it's a place to start <laughs> and there's a whole lot more that we can do to, to build these relationships, but this is just one thing. So here's what we do. We learn to ask good questions. I tell people all the time, if you're not going to, if you're not going to get a coach, if you're, if you're going to want to work on your mindset, if you really want to draw closer in your relationships, the number one thing you can do is look for how to ask more questions in your life. Ask more questions about how you're showing up. Ask your more, ask more questions about things about the other person. Can you tell me more about how you see that? Ask them questions about why they feel weight the way they do, or all kinds of questions about that. Ask questions about what else can I learn about this? What else can I learn about them? How can I be showing up differently? If you can't do anything else, you can ask, you can learn to ask more questions and practice it in conversations. How often in a conversation are we just so focused on telling what we know? It is a challenge and a skill to develop 
to learn to ask good questions to pull information out of other people. Now, certain personalities are really good at this. I've got a couple of friends that I think of um, that are fantastic question askers. And I think, oh, if I could only learn to be as good at, the, at asking questions as they are. It's, it's something I aspire to because I'm still very much going to tell you what I think. But it's a skill that I'm working on. And I notice as I, as I develop that skill, as I learn to ask good questions, what else is going on? What can I learn about this other person in my life? How can I show up differently so that, so that I give a more accurate representation to them of the love that I'm trying to show to them? All kinds of things. I notice that my relationships improve. You know, one of the key areas that we can ask questions is in the area of the people in our life that are annoying. Often when we're thinking about somebody annoying in our family, and let's just use the spouse for lack of a better example. Uh, I'm not particularly annoyed at Brandon right now, but I have been in the past and it is easy to get into that place and when I am at that place of being annoyed, I make a lot of declarations. He's not doing this right. I don't like it. I don't like the fact that he always does this. He he never does this, that, or the other. Notice how they're all declarations. They're all critical declarations. They're, they're statements that I am making as fact about what he's doing that I don't like or that's wrong or that needs to change, things like that. There's no question asking in those moments. There's only declaring from my throne that he has failed. (laughs) And so when we go into asking good questions, one of the things that quickly comes up is like, well, they're not all bad. So what have they done well? What has he done well recently? Why am I so focused on what he he's supposedly messing up? What if there's something he's trying to do well that I'm missing? What's actually working? What's working with our relationship? We get so focused on the problems in our relationships that we don't pay attention to all the things that are working. I mean, Look back in 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 this long line of, of your relationship, this long line of music, and think, are you in a better place now than you were before? What things have gone well to change that? What are they getting right? What can you celebrate together? Where are they showing love? How can you praise them for what they're doing or the effort that they're making or the the love that they're showing or the attention that they're giving to things that are are important in your in your family you know if they seem frustrated too so this isn't just you annoyed at them but you're annoyed at each other you can ask questions things like what else do i not know about this what are they longing for what is it that they need how am i missing the mark questions come from a place of humility and and this comes up in patience, in the focus of patience, because it requires slowing down to ask questions. Because by default, when you ask a question, you have to come up with an answer or somebody else might have to come up with an answer and you don't always know the answer right away. It requires patience to sit with not knowing 
or thinking about it before you get the answer. Or maybe you try something that might be the answer and it isn't. And so you have to try something else and experiment to see what the answer is. Questions are a form of employing the fruit of the spirit patience into our relationships. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't take this the wrong way. There are questions that are nagging and we're not talking about when are you going to take the trash out? When are you going to take the trash out? Haven't taken the trash out. Are you going to take the trash out? Like, you know, that's not the questions we're talking about today. (laughs) So let's look for ways to get curious in our conversations. You know, I talked a little bit about this relationship with my mom and I want to tell you another story about her. And I just appreciate her being willing to let me talk about our relationships uh, over the airwaves. And, but this is a great story. She, my mom has always had the standard recommendation for anybody she talks to that's experiencing like frequent or consistent conflict with somebody else. I'll be honest. I hate this recommendation that she has mostly because she's right most of the time and I don't like it. There's like this knee jerk response to she can't be right. Um, but that's one of my relationship buttons that I'm working on still is that she can't be right. But anyway, while I'm going to share with you what she recommends and I think she's right. I want you to be careful because it does work And when it works, you're going to need to take action really quickly when it does. So if you take this advice, I'm, I'm just warning you ahead of time. It does work and you will have action to take when it does. All right. So here it is. When I'm not getting along with somebody or she's talking to somebody else and they're not getting along with someone. If that's the case, and I go and ask her what she would recommend, she will usually just tell me to pray to start off with. But if we, if I'm really not seeing eye to eye with somebody, she she encourages me to to pray a specific prayer. She asks me to pray that God will cause them to have a need that only I can meet. Ugh. Here's where the here's where the rubber meets the road though because when I have prayed that God answers Lord develop this relationship in my life draw us closer together meld our hearts together so that we're on the same page and a lot of times that comes from a place of humility and a place of needing to serve each other of there not being any other option than needing to serve each other. That's one of the best ways you can build relationships with your kids is go work on a project together for somebody else where you need to serve somebody else. And the two of you end up having to do it together and you depend on each other and it knits your hearts together. It knits your heart to the person that you're serving. And that's what it does when you go and serve somebody else. Now, if they're not a very happy with you, it's hard to just sort of insert yourself into their life. You, that they don't really appreciate that. So that's why we pray. We pray for God to open up an opportunity for us to meet a need for them. Something that only we can meet. 
which forces them to accept us into that relationship and build on it. And I'm telling you, it works. Just try it. It's a way to build that pyramid. It's a way to start putting a a fresh block in there to build that strong that strong foundation, that strong structure that nothing can knock over. You know, communication like this is a dance. When you start trying to work on stuff like this and ask questions, it's it's like a dance. And one of the things that I encouraged uh, some ladies recently that I was coaching, um, I encouraged them to practice a technique with their husbands. I'll, I want to explain the technique and then I'll explain how it's like dancing because I think it'll help you remember the technique later. So when my husband and I are missing each other with communication, questions come into play like crazy. It is such a helpful technique. Lots of different people have called it different things. I've heard it. Gary Smalley phrases it as drive through talking. I've, uh, the program dare to be different, which Brandon and I help with marriage mentoring through calls it rounding the bases. Um, but basically this idea is, can you practice repeating back word for word what the person just said? to make sure that you heard it correctly. So for instance, if I, if, if we were having a difficulty having a conversation and I asked Brandon, can you please go pick up a gallon of milk from the store? He could normally, he would, he could say, okay. And then I say, okay. And he goes, and when we're getting along and we're we're on the right track and we're connecting, there's no problems there. But sometimes in our relationship, there's times when we miss each other in our communication more often than not. And that can create a lot of frustration around some little things. And so the beauty of asking good questions comes into play. And what that looks like is I say, hey, Brandon, can you go get some milk from the store? And he says, okay, I think I heard that you want me to go get milk from the store. Is that correct? And then I say, yes, that's correct. Then he might say, after I say, yes, that's correct. He might say, do you want anything else? Cause that's his chance to add, insert his opinion into the conversation. Or maybe he'll say, do we need any other kinds of milk? And I might say, no, I don't think we need any other kinds of milk. I think we just need um, regular milk. He might, or I could repeat back what he said. I could say, Hey, um, you're asking me if we need other kinds of milk. Is that right? Like besides regular milk, see how that clarifies like, okay, we're both on the same page that we're talking about just regular plain old cow's milk. And it gives him an opportunity to clarify. And then we can say, okay, well, what other milks might we be talking about? Um, well, do you know of another milk that we might need? You're asking if I know of another milk I, we might need. Yeah, I think I noticed that 
you know, Rachel really likes almond milk and I'm not sure that we have any more of that. Do you know if we need any? Oh, you're asking me about almond milk. Is that right? Yes. I'm just asking you about almond milk. Okay. Well, I remember that there's three boxes downstairs and I don't think we need any. Oh, there's three boxes downstairs and we don't need any. Okay. So you see how asking for clarification helps stabilize the communication. Now, it sounds really silly if you're just doing this for the first time. And by and large, when when one spouse tries to go do this with another spouse, like I'm going to repeat back word for word what you say before I offer my opinion and just double check and make sure that that's really what I heard. Chances are they're going to laugh at you <laughs> or make fun of you or mock it or something. It's going to feel uncomfortable and people don't know what to do with uncomfortable and it feels silly. And this is where the analogy of a dance comes in. Um, a wonderful trainer in and coach in reinvent ministries. His name is Ennio Salucci, uh, has described it like a dance. He's the one that I first heard this analogy for, um, communication about, but he describes it like a dance. There's a dance of communication that we get familiar with dancing certain dance steps with the other person that we're in communication with. And as a result, we learn the dance. We get familiar with how it goes. And even if it's a dance that we don't like dancing, like an argument or a pattern in a fighting, like we're always fighting, we're always having the same argument. Those patterns, we become familiar with the dance steps. Those are the dance steps we know. We take those steps. And so it can be a miserable dance, but it's the dance that we know to dance. And so that's the one we dance every time we go to dance. That's that's the way our communication can work. If you start inserting this communication technique by asking questions, did I hear everything you said? Or repeating back and asking, is that is that what I heard? Is that correct? It changes the dance. And you need to know that that's what you're doing is that you're changing the dance. Now, the beautiful thing is in a relationship, it only takes one person to change the dance. However, one person changing the dance or two people changing it, even if both people want to change the dance. If you go trying to learn new dance steps, what's the first thing you're going to do? Well, the first thing you're going to do in learning a new dance is you're going to trip all over each other. You're going to fall all over the place. You're going to make a mess of it. You're not going to get your feet in the right place. You're going to step on each other. You're going to trip. You might fall and it ends up messy. And so don't be surprised if you try this particular technique of, you know, um, asking for clarification or repeating back word for word what they said to verify it, that the very first thing is you kind of, it gets messy. But hang in because this valuing communication, being patient, taking the time to learn the dance steps in spite of tripping over each other, in spite of it feeling a little bit messy, does result in creating a new dance pattern and creating a new thing that you can do together, which is a stronger relationship, which has better communication. And it all starts with asking these good questions. So as usual, at the end of the 
podcast. Here's your question. What one way can you try applying patience this week by asking good questions? Just one. Maybe it's a place where you can ask some good questions of your kids. Maybe you can start asking questions for how you can look for what's going well in the relationship. Maybe you can ask a question about what else do I not know when somebody else is frustrated with you? Or maybe you'd like to try this little communication technique and ask if you heard something correctly or repeat back word for word what they said to make sure that you heard it. Get curious. What one way are you going to be gradually improving this long line of music or this beautiful structure of a long and lasting relationship that can withstand all kinds of storms and all kinds of difficulties that will be rock solid and something that you can hold on to that is absolutely wonderful. I hope that this is an encouragement to you and that you find a way to take this and apply it to loving God, loving others, and enjoy it. And we'll be back next week with another great way to explore this fruit of the Holy Spirit, patience. Until then, take care. You've been listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. To hear more great ways of growing your mindset in the fruit of the Spirit, please subscribe. You can listen to other episodes and find additional resources at fruitpursuitpodcast.com. To learn more about Mary Aldrich and the coaching work she is so passionate about, visit maryaldrichcoaching.com. And by the way, what one next step are you taking today?